Hello, guys, and welcome to the latest episode of the MSC Performance Podcast with me, Mark Olson, and Luke Rogers. Welcome to what will hopefully be a very exciting episode, uh, season four, episode two. Um, great to be back in the new year. Obviously, we did a little intro podcast a couple of weeks ago um, just to kind of say hello again, basically, and talk you through what's going on at MSC, what the plans are for the year, et cetera, et cetera. So if you haven't listened to that podcast, give it a, give it a, give it a listen. Uh, today, we're looking forward to like just being a little bit more technical uh, with some of the chat, um, talking through a little bit of sports psychology at the start, which will be really interesting, and then going into a little bit more kind of physiology in terms of... Um, you know, particular muscle groups and how to train them and the benefits of, uh, of doing uh, certain ranges of movement, certain loads of weight, et cetera, et cetera. So really exciting podcast yeah. uh, in store for us. So uh, welcome, Luke. Your first one of the year, obviously uh, unavailable in the uh, in the first podcast. Well, we had a, we could only fit so many of us around the microphone. So. Yeah, I was fighting for space and I, uh, I didn't quite make the short really cut. the four people that were on that podcast. But uh, it's good to be in this one and looking forward to, to talking house and Again, looking some good stuff because I think uh, now's a good time of year where you know, everyone's reevaluated the goals. Everyone's got a, a new heightened sense of uh, you know of wanting to push on and motivation. So it's a good chance to give people a couple of little uh, tools that they can use to try and maximise their training if they are looking to do so. We always say that like the big box, obviously, your consistency and actually turning up. But once you've kind of got that in place, then moving forward, like what can you do to to try and optimise things a little bit for so. Hopefully after today, there's a couple of little things that you might be able to take away and, and use in your training. Buzzing, yeah. <clears throat> How's your training going at the moment? My training is good. So I put a video up today at the, um, of like, well, I said a coach who's been signing you at the end, but um, the coach is training and basically I need to make a decision over the next two weeks if I'm going to be doing the, uh, the British or not, which is uh, March. And I think, I know deep down it's a little bit too close, but I really want to do the British again. Um, my training's going really well. I feel really good. Uh, body feels great. Like I'm playing a lot of other sport as well. Like I think the best my ever training went for in like 2019 was I was you know going hiking a lot. I was doing other stuff, and now I feel like I'm doing that again. And I'm in no danger of getting injured. While before, like last year, I was playing basketball, and if I turned funny, my ducks would be sore. Well, I remember once I jumped a fence and I hurt my leg again. It's like super, super frustrating. Well, now it's like by this weekend I played. Badminton, I play basketball, I powerlifted twice and I feel great. So everything's going really, really good. I just need to make a decision if it's too close to, to put up a good performance. It's not going to be my best, but like, is it going to be good enough to put up something I'd be happy with or am I going to have to force something again? So it's either defend, uh, choosing to do the British in March or the All Englands in May. So I'm leaning more towards the All Englands, but I'm giving myself every chance to try and get to, to the strength to do it. Amazing. Um, I'll... Why were you jumping over a fence? <laughs> Not a, fe- not a big fence, like, um, do you know, like if you're at a shopping centre and there's like a little fence, it's better you point and then you hop the fence just to save walking around. Ah, right, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah but then you have yeah, to sacrifice your adductor to do it. Poor <laughs> <laughs> adductor, worth yeah. every second. Um, this was like, it was at a service station, it was getting food, and I was like, oh, I was in a, a bit of a rush or whatever, I jumped the fence, and I was like, I've done my adductor again. Um, so that was, a, yeah, that was bad. Well, now everything feels great, so yeah. Um, I've kind of set like these little goals of like by I'm on week two of my program by week four um, I want to like squat like I think 225 for a double and deadlift 270 for a double and if I could do that it's like okay yeah I'm doing 92% for doubles I'm ready to do the British we're there or thereabouts we're there or thereabouts if yeah. it's like doing them and it's like 
incredibly hard or really grinded then it's probably not quite ready and I'll just wait till May because I want to I'm really enjoying it at the minute and I want to you know continue to enjoy it and I want to continue to strive to be the best and I just don't want to rush back for the sake of it because that's when the competition is like I said after the Worlds I was going to take some time so it doesn't have to be the next big competition that comes along there's there's so many comps you can yeah. you know, pick and choose a little bit at this point so um, we were talking a little bit earlier about your, your training and you've made a couple of uh, changes to your mental approach to yeah. to your sessions uh, off the back of a recent study that you've you've read. Yeah. Sports psychology for me is just absolutely fascinating. I think it's probably you know it's probably the one area of uh, performance and sports performance that is um, incorrectly lagging behind um, everything else. We've seen a big rise in uh, the importance of strength and conditioning in, in team sports over the last 20 years, especially in rugby, football's a little bit behind, you know, but you look at American football, you look at, you know, all, all sports are, are, are sort of taking it on board now, trying to make athletes, you know, um, you know, stronger, you know, uh, in, in terms of, you know, energy systems, in terms of strength, in terms of power, injury prevention, et cetera, et cetera. So like the, the world as a whole now, in terms of performance, we know, the importance of strength and conditioning. Um, psychology has probably been lacking, uh, lagging behind a, li- a little bit. And you know, as a competitive athlete, and I know myself, like, you know, it's just such a huge yeah. part of it. We spoke a little bit before about, um, you know, I, I spoke, I think it was before Christmas, you know, talking about um, sports psychology. And like, for me personally, like, when I'm feeling confident and good, like, I feel like, you know, I feel like I can play any level. Yeah. Like I've run me, like feel feel invincible. When like I go to Michelle, almost get that bit of imposter syndrome, yeah. not quite confident, not feeling it. All of a sudden, I can be not out of depth, but I can feel like I am. I feel like oh, I should I shouldn't be here, and like that's just the the carryover to how you perform based on that is just mm-hmm. huge. And it's like we've not been looking at it. I mean, it's starting to, I think now, you know, you spoke last year about a lot of powerlifters starting to get sports psychologists yeah. on board. Um, I think rugby's the same. There's a few advocates and, you know, former pros coming out now and saying like, you know, how it's just completely neglected and it's, you know, becoming more more and more uh, prevalent now. So it talks about, you know, um, performance and on the day and things like that, but you've started adapting, you know, and integrating that in, into your sessions yeah. in the micro yeah so yeah obviously yeah for worlds i am um, as part of the gb team you get access to a sports psychologist which was great um it's just the little things that like you know it's not sports psychology isn't going to make you from a, a terrible athlete to an amazing athlete but someone that's looking to hire a sports psychologist isn't going to be a complete you know a complete no it's not going to be a very low level rugby player but someone looking just to maximize um the higher level stuff that they're already doing so uh, yeah, worked with a sports psychologist um, and it was just the things I was struggling with at the time was just like the intent in the sessions and the confidence, like you said, coming off the back of an injury. Um, so, yeah, use it for that. And then, so then post-Worlds, like you said, what have I been doing differently? Um, it's just thinking about what's gone well in the past with my training and what I can utilise to try and make things a little bit better now. Um, and we spoke a little bit about this and then it coincided with the release of a, a couple of, uh, of good research articles that came out uh, on like the use of the phone prior to, to, to before training or during training. Um, and the best my training ever went, and this is what we're speaking about, was when I would be training and I would put my phone on flight mode, which means then that you can't check your emails, you can't go on social media, which is the big one. Uh, you can't answer any messages to your friends and family. 
Um, you've just got a couple of hours or however long your session is of just being in the training, in the training session, in the zone, um, and you fully committed to that training session without being in and out, doing a set, check your emails, do a set, go and speak to someone, do a set, go on Instagram. You're just fully involved in the session without, uh, without any distractions. And I think being intentful in your session is, is a massive thing. Uh, like we said, if you're looking to get some consistency in training in January, actually turning up to the gym is the big thing. Um, these are kind of like the finer points that are going to help you get a bit out of your, uh, bit extra out of your session. Mm-hmm. But actually being present in your session is massive. So one thing I use with a sports psychologist and what I'm doing now is, is rather than going on social media while I'm warming up or just not really thinking about anything, I'm using the time. I take five minutes before the session just to think about the training session ahead, uh, what I'm looking to get out of it, um, three things that I'm trying to achieve that aren't really performance-based, stuff like I want to stay present in the session, I want to be really confident when I'm hitting this position, I really want to focus on this certain cue. Um, so I'm taking a little bit of time just to really focus on the session ahead rather than sitting down, relaxing, going on Facebook, seeing what, I, what everything's going on. I'm trying to really focus on, on the task ahead. Um, and that coincides with a good article that came out, um, I think it's a few months back now, um, where they gave people 30 minutes of doing social media, so just Facebook, Twitter, etc., cetera, uh, versus a control group. And I think they were watching TV, but they weren't quite as mentally involved because you're not on Facebook, you're just watching TV. Um, and the, the TV group outperformed in uh, volume quite significantly by about 50%. And I think the study was like 80% of your one rep max for three sets and then just adding up the amount of reps that you could do. Yeah. I think it was to failure. It might have been like eight or nine RPE, but it was, it was at least close to failure. And these are getting an extra 15% um, from not being mentally fatigued pre to the session. So that's going to be a combination of mental fatigue, probably focus. Um, but that's massive. like Huge, huge, absolutely huge gains, especially <laughs> at the higher level as well. You know, that's absolutely, absolutely massive. Because even if it's not it, 15%, let's say it's 5%. That's worth it. That's fucking yeah, massive. That's worth it, yeah. yeah. I must admit, like, over, over the years, like, I've been an absolute nightmare for um, checking my phone during training, you know, I'll be, you know, sort of, I might come in, do a couple of one-on-one sessions or do, you know, whatever, a bit of work. And it's like, right, I've got, you know, an hour or an hour and a half to train. I'll start my session and then I'll find myself, you know, resting in between sets where I'm doing an email or like I'm on phone, I'm like doing a quick social media post for the business or whatever. And it's really bad, man. Like, and then you find yourself like maybe scrolling through, you know, shit on Instagram and, you know, all of a sudden you're like, oh, bloody hell, like I've had seven minutes rest yeah, yeah, like yeah. with a bloody split squat or something. Yeah. And it's just like ridiculous. I've actually started like going old school and like timing my rests I've recently. Rest. I'm timing my rests and like I'm really conscious and like obviously here's such a great environment and, you know, obviously knowing everybody like we do is very easy to get chatting to someone and sometimes now I'm a bit like, one sec, like let me go do my set and stuff. Um you know, you're not being rude or anything, but like, you know, you're trying to crack on and stick to your time, your times. And it's like, it's being, you, you said something interesting there about being present. And that's, um, you know, uh, read a lot of, you know, self-development books over the last few years, something I'm really into. Um, and like one of the big things that always comes out is like being present in whatever you're doing. Like it's, um, you know, like when you're on holiday, are you really taking it? Are you really enjoying it? When you're like we spoke before about like referred to as like Parkinson's law of like having you know whatever time you've got you'll fill. So like for example, if you've got like a nine to five day and you've got three tasks to do, you'll generally speaking like just 
you know, do those, you'll take eight hours up to do those tasks in between looking at your phone, having conversations, doing this, you know, losing, just you know, procrastinating, being, yeah. procrastinating, you know, lo losing track of where you are. Whereas if you say, if I say, right, you've got, you know, say to myself, right, I've got two hours to do those three tasks or I've got 45 minutes to do those three tasks, put your phone away, turn off or whatever, no distractions, no checking emails, no checking Facebook, no, you know, doing anything else. It's like, go, 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 go. And you get yourself present in the moment. You get so much more done. And then it's like, you know, work time. And then it's like, right, you go home and it's like family time. And it's like, you're going and playing basketball with your mates or whatever. And it's like, yeah. enjoy that moment. Not like, you know, your mind's somewhere else. Exactly. You, you, you're trying exactly. to play, you're trying to have some time with your friends, but you're, you're checking work or you're, you yeah. know, messaging people that aren't there with you. Yeah. Uh, the parks are those massive, man. Like, we spoke about this a long time ago where yeah. Thursday is my online coaching day and uh, I'll do a program because you're on your phone talking to the clients and stuff. In between, I'll go on Instagram for two minutes. You don't even know you're doing it until like... It's terrible. It's just automatic. You, you finish it's it, you click on Instagram. Yeah. like, what am I doing? And then all of a sudden, it's taking you all day to do 10 programs or 10 whatever yes. check-ins yeah. where it could have took you two hours. It's like that last minute assignment type thing. It's like, if you've got one night to do this station, you'll, you'll do, do it. it. Now, that's not necessarily saying that's the best way of doing it, but it's just an example of like... You, you can get it done like in that short period of time and you're just all in focus that's all you're thinking about you're not checking your phone yeah. like so it is, it is like the, the two-in-one thing because like you said like when you're you know you're on social media so the session's taking you longer and a lot of people haven't got the time commitment of training for like a couple of hours so all of a sudden if you've only got an hour and you're procrastinating you're talking you excessively because you've got to talk you got to have a good social time when you're at the gym but there is a there is a line where it gets past like you're just talking and enjoying it so you've come to the gym to chat you're not even training that has to be yeah, a sweet yeah. spot yeah. But if you've only got let's say an hour to train and you talk for five minutes in between sets you, you've not maximized your time so it's a time efficient way you're reducing your volume that way but then also because you are you know you're not present in the session and you are going to be slightly mentally fatigued it's going to decrease your performance as well so it's a two-in-one you're getting less volume because you're chatting if you've got a set time to work in Mm. And then your actual performance is down because you're mentally fatigued versus being present in the set. It's like, um, you know, kind of uh, stimulus and arousal, isn't it? Of like your session. Like if, you, if you're in that mood where like you're checking your phone and it's like, oh, I've got another set and you go through it. You're just kind of like, you're just in that uh, yeah, wrong headspace where, you know, it's like the focus is what you're doing on your phone, not the actual session where it's like, you know, get yourself, it's like before, get, you know, before a game, like, you know, I'll get myself in the right headspace by only thinking about the game. Yeah. And it's like, okay, that's my competition, but why can't I do that when I'm training? You know, get in that right headspace exactly. where like you're getting your arousal levels at the right, you know, right, right stage. You, you're visualizing a little bit, you're thinking about it. Okay, it might not be as serious as, sure. you know, play, playing playing the game, but you're trying to use some of that Know, some of some of those skills and carry it over. I mean, you're literally like, just touching it. You wouldn't see like uh, a football player playing. Uh, you know, wouldn't be on Facebook twenty yeah, minutes yeah. before the game. They're on the pitch. They're yeah. working on specific drills, or they're getting warmed up. They're thinking about yeah. the task in hand. They're going through drills. Yeah. They're not on the phone chatting to the friends. Exactly. We get to, we get to rugby an hour and a half. You get to go an hour and a half before the game. We only really go out to warm up like fifty minutes an hour before. So you get there like you know little chat with the guys. You know. It's pretty laid back at that point, but bit of shit banter, nothing, nothing special. And then it's like, right, okay, I might just go on the phone, like last little messages to family and stuff like that. And then it's like hour fifteen, 
you know, it's like, right, phone away. Like, I'm not thinking about Instagram. I'm not thinking about work. I'm not thinking about, like, you know, anything else, really. It's just, like, you're in that moment and the focus is purely on that. So, you know, what I'm trying to do personally is try and take some of that into, you know, my sessions. Like, you know, I'm always like, oh, you know, I'm never filming, you know, my sets and stuff because I don't want to be like spending all my time filming and stuff like that. But a lot of the time I'll be spending my time doing Don't an email or whatever. Yeah. And it's like, you know, today I made a point of I was filming some stuff, but I didn't touch my phone, like apart from just that record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like in between, I'm actually thinking about the set. And I, yeah. I don't think it's a fluke that I had a really good session yeah. this morning. Um, but if you had to say... It, it, it's an hour. It's an hour. Yeah. Like the emails can wait. Yeah, yeah, an email yeah. isn't instant messenger. Like, you know, it's like, I'll get back to you as soon as I can. But like... I'm training now. And like you say, yeah, I was a nightmare the first couple of years and like still not great, but trying to make conscious effort now. Because you're never going to 100%, like you're never going to come to the gym and not talk to an A. You're never going to yeah. have other things on. But it's just the, the majority of the time, you need, you need to be present in the sessions. Because if you said to someone like you want, if someone says, look, my training's not going well, what can I, you know, what's going wrong? The first thing they look at is programming. Um, they look at like, you know, what's going wrong with the sessions. They look at exercises, which is probably so low down the list of why well, you're not yeah. making progress. And actually, like, look at what you're actually doing in the sessions and take some accountability. If you're actually trying to get better, have a look at what you're doing in the session versus what you probably should be doing. And have a look around the gym at who are the good people in the gym. And they're probably not on social media. You look at Jazz. I've never seen him on his phone once. Yeah. He's in the, he's in the gym. When he's in the gym, he's in the gym. He's not on social media. He's not on Facebook. Great um, show. Yeah, great yeah. show. He's, in, he's, he's training and he puts his phone away. Uh, aside from the, the, you know, the mental health benefits of having a couple of hours away from a screen and actually training and spending it on yourself, the benefits in the session when you're worried about your training not going too well is massive. Um, you know, don't look at like, oh, is it, should I be doing uh, roof elevated split squat instead of front foot elevated? Look at what are you actually doing in the session that's going to help you get as much out of it as you can. Be yeah. present in your training and be intentful with what you're doing. And you yeah. could be doing almost anything. Everyone always says they'd rather have someone you know, lift, work super hard with crap programming versus you know, yes. half assed yeah. with the best programming in the world. Somewhere in the middle where if you're doing the sets with intense, focusing, getting as much out of it as you can, fantastic. I do think you should be talking to other people because majority of the time you talk to people in the gym, it is about the gym. Yes. Uh, there'll be other little bits at the start, maybe what you're doing at the weekend, etc. But like the, the social media things, the thing that's going to be fatiguing, are going to offer absolutely nothing to your uh, session. Yeah. Yeah. But if I talk to like, if I, if me and you were training, and I've just seen you do a set, and then I come and talk to you, it's probably going to be about the training set. Or it's going yeah, to be yeah, about yeah. your session, and then you, you're thinking about it again. Yeah. Uh, but there's a sweet spot again because I've timed my rest periods before. Uh, when I had the rep one, it tells you how long it's been, and like sometimes it's like 12, 15 minutes. It's like, what am I doing, man? And yeah. then it's so long that it hurts when I do my next set. Yeah, yeah, I'm cold. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we're in a time it now, like four or five minutes in between it. You're trying to visualize. And if, yeah. if you said to me, Luke, I want my training to go as best as I can, what would I do? And you would say, you spend your time in between really thinking about what the next set is, thinking about your cues, maybe watching your video back and, and thinking about what you need to do slightly different. But being present and lifting with intent is higher in the hierarchy than it is changing your exercises because you think something's not going right. Yeah. Need to take accountability. Yeah. Like I said, if you're just getting into the gym, this is not going to be high on your list. But if you're looking to maximize your time in the gym and you're trying to maximize your time because you haven't actually got that much time, phone away, head down, work hard, think about what you're meant to be doing and do it with intent. Um, 100%. Almost taking it a little bit back to the old school. Like, you know, I don't know why, but I was just thinking of like pumping iron and like Arnie and these sort of guys, like the old school bodybuilders of like, 
phoning side, like hard work. You said about like programming, exercise selection, actually being a little bit further down the list than you might think. Yeah. It's like, are you working hard? Take some account. Like, don't always blame something else. Take some accountability as yeah, to why it's not yeah, yeah. You, look, you look back at those guys and that, you know, and you see a few few sessions on old mate, old mate John Buckland and that. It's like, we're here to work, train. It's like intense. It's, you know, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's interesting. It's almost like those guys are onto something a little bit. I've told you this story before when um, I was training at Arena Gym and I was about 17, 18. I was just getting into to training, like for, for strength training. And I was, uh, I used to do this every time warm up, I'd do like 10 pull ups, 10 dips, 10 press ups. Don't remember that was a big thing. And I was doing that, and in between, I was on my phone, and then this massive, like, meathead, uh, really good lifter, actually, looking back, like a you know, 260 deadlifter. And he's like, oi! And I didn't hear him because of my phone. And then his mate's like, oi, he's talking to you. And uh, I was like, you're going to be a skeleton all the life, all your life, if you keep going on your phone. And I was like, shit myself, put my phone away. What a life, and then you put, yeah. lesson. What but uh, mate, lesson. 18 says get off your phone. And uh, yeah. Shit well, I was scared to go on my phone, so that that was half the battle. But then, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah. like you said, the old the old school people. That was the days before social media as well, mate. Well, I didn't. Even, I don't know. What I was probably looking at maybe. Uh, <laughs> well, I, I tried to think. Let's not fake uh, snake. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. But uh, the point is valid. Like, yeah, they were at the time they were like really high lifters that you aspire to. They were like the biggest guys in the gym, and they were saying not to go on your phone. Yeah. Uh, and like I said, like I also think from like a mental health perspective, like putting your, <sighs> we all spend way too much time on our screens and it depresses me when I see how much my screen time is. And a lot of it is from work, but like just having an hour or two to yourself, not on your phone and just yeah. actually talking to people in real life and actually being in the gym as well as the, the health benefit, the mental health benefit, like the physical health, sorry, and then the mental health aspects of just having some time away from your phone and just focusing on training and focusing on yourself and prioritizing yourself rather than spreading yourself thin across a multitude of things is massive. People don't do it. People talk about self-care and talk about this, but actually being in the gym and spending an hour on yourself and dedicating your training to yourself like you probably really deserve to do. If you're busy in work 40, 50 hours a week, you deserve to train for an hour without checking your emails, without checking what you, you, you other mates doing that's not in the gym. Yeah, it can wait an nothing hour. That urgent, nothing that urgent. Yeah. So you owe it to yourself, and then if you want to maximise your training, you, you need to put your phone away, and you need to really focus on what you're doing. So it's it's a multitude of reasons. It's more time efficient. So you're going to get more uh, out of the session from being intentful and from reducing mental fatigue, and then also from a mental health perspective, probably putting your phone away, not spreading yourself thin across work, life, and the gym is, is massive. Yeah. Say no more. Say no more. There you go, a bit of sports psychology for you. Um, moving on more to physiology. Um, we've uh, just had a little chat amongst ourselves uh, a little bit earlier, just talking about um, certain muscle groups, um, how to train them, importance of training them, etc., etc. Um, I was uh, speaking to a friend the other day who was talking me through his leg session, and it was very much <coughs> like, you know, it, it was seven or eight, nine exercises, um, you know, and it, that's his day, that's his one day of the week, you know, of training legs and, you know, literally like quad, 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 no hamstring. Um, so I want to just touch upon like the importance of uh, training the hamstrings, glutes, that, that posterior chain. And all, I mean, it's, you know, it sounds obvious to, you know, we'll, we'll laugh at that, but like, you know, to a lot of people, they're just thinking, well, legs, I'm just going to train my legs. So I'm going to do uh, squat, I'm going to do leg press, I'm going to do leg, you know, I'm going to do leg extension. 
um, you know, calf. Uh, calf. I'm going I'm to do a session like that. But you know, and uh, people I speak to are like sort of like you know, beginner, early, intermediate phase is a massive like you know, massive quad dominance compared to like what they're doing on the posterior chain. So I think it's important to like just discuss the the importance of like balance and you know hitting the posterior chain as well, like the hamstrings and glutes. Um, and then also taking that further, like again, like how we should be balanced, but then also trying to optimize your, your lower body training. If you're looking for a little bit more. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Generally speaking, like if, you know, if we're, if we're looking at training the, the lower body, like some basics that we want to think about is, are we training a squat pattern? And then are we going to, are we training a hinge pattern? You know, is a good way of looking at it. So, you know, a hinge pattern could be some form of deadlift. So a really good one for, you know, hamstring development is a Romanian deadlift. Um, but then, what a lot of people don't realize with the hamstrings is like in terms of the origins insertion of the hamstrings we need to work the hamstring from the knee as well so you get a lot of people then who learn about hamstring training they'll start doing some rdls which is great that's a, like that's, that's an amazing thing uh you know don't realize the importance of training the hamstring from the knee as well and especially in terms of like injury prevention from sprinting and things like this but hamstrings are a very different muscle because it's a bioarticular muscle group so it assists in hip uh hip extension but also knee flexion and yeah. you need to train the bulk bulk of them exactly yeah exactly um so i think yeah just in terms of you know they carry over to performance again people like focus on squat focus on leg press great great drills to do but you know the ham the hamstring and the glutes are absolutely you know prime prime muscles for you know sprint performance for jump performance explosiveness um injury prevention around the knee um, you know, you see a lot of you know field athletes who you know might be very quick, might be very explosive players, but they don't have the you know the strength, the eccentric strength, and the hamstrings to absorb those forces. Yeah. And that's what you're looking for um, from a sports point of view, or from any point of view really. Are you strong enough to you know in terms of injury prevention, soft tissue injuries like most soft tissue injuries are preventable. Um, are you are the muscles strong enough? to be able to absorb the forces that you're going to undertake. So if you're a rugby player, for example, or a football player, you know, the hamstrings and glutes play a huge, huge role in everything that you do. I'm right in saying in soccer, the highest injury is uh, hamstring strains. Yes. Is it yeah. still the case? Yeah, it's still the case, yeah. Um, hamstring strains, uh, ACL as well, very high on the yeah. list uh, still, um, which is huge link between um, ACL, ACL injury and hamstring strength. Um, so, you know, it's and, and these kind of soft tissue injuries. I mean, you think of football and like, you know, the, the money players are on and, you know, the, the amount, you know, um, clubs, you know, they're an investment from the clubs. And you just think good bit of strength conditioning, good bit of guidance, you know, uh, can prevent uh, prevent a lot of uh, a lot of injuries. So um, I say when you're looking at hamstring work as well, like, you know, we've got to be looking at are we building the muscle from the hip? Are we building it from the knee? Are we getting, you know, eccentric training in there as well? Lengthening and shortening. So, like, for example, like, what you don't want to do is just necessarily, like, just jump on the leg curl machine, like lying leg curl. Great, great exercise. You're shortening the muscle from the knee, but also looking at things like Nordics, um, you know, single leg hamstring slides, for example, where we're lengthening. So, working eccentrically, so we're lengthening the muscle under tension, um, which is hugely important. 
uh, great muscle fiber recruitment that way as well specific for in terms of you know sprint mechanics and preventing injuries um so really important uh, one thing to know with eccentric training is it does tend to make you a little bit sore and a bit yeah. longer to recover from so you know earlier in the week so if you're listening to this and you're a field athlete uh, for example you know have a little look at getting your heavy eccentric training done earlier in the week so for example if you're doing rdls maybe look at like a tuesday morning session if you're playing on a saturday uh, or a monday for example uh, be a good, good way to do it so you know heavy exercise lots of load you know big eccentric load do that earlier in the week so strengthening like that from the hip good good way to do it unilateral as well single leg rdls and then from the knee you you know you've got your nordic so again lengthening exercise you've got your uh, hamstring curl which is more of a shortening exercise so just things to take uh, into, into consideration when training training the hamstrings and obviously the glutes as well um you know which with mostly hamstring working glutes going to be working as well um but yeah, just massively important factors, not just like, you know, hitting quads all the time, you know, quad dominant stuff, knee dominant stuff. Do you think this, um, in terms of like lack of hamstring, do you think it's over A, like a lack of awareness, or do you think it's because people think from sprinting the work the hamstrings enough that they don't think they need to train them in the gym? Or do you think it's when you're squatting because people think the hamstring is really working hard in the squat, which I think it's probably quite an overrated um, uh, muscle group to work in the squat it's obviously working but probably not to the extent that people think like why do you think especially not if you're squatting if you're not squatting deep as well yeah so like what do you why do you think this like, i think it's a bit of both i think it's a bit of both i think like a lot of guys will think you know they'll just for some for some reason like you talk about upper body and it's like yeah pecs delts triceps biceps you know Whereas legs is one muscle. Legs is legs. It's like when people do like splits and it's like, you know, I've got leg day on a Monday and then it's like chest day on a Tuesday and back day on a Wednesday. It's like, what? Like you're doing a, you're using your legs as one whole yeah. whole session. Um, I think as well, people think, do like RDLs for back day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So then yeah. they are probably getting a hamstring on a back, but don't realize it. Like or deadlift for a back day as well. Yeah. It's like a normal, which is a bit more acceptable, but like it's still, you know, yeah, massive amount of leg work. Um, so yeah, I think it's a bit, you know, combination of things really. I think a lot of people will think, well, I'm doing my squats, I'm doing my deadlifts, I'm hitting my legs, I'm done. You know, they're not necessarily thinking about, you know, individual muscle groups and patterns and, and things like that. So, and, and sprinting is a, you know, highly highly recommend you know and go as far as say it's essential for you know um anyone who's sprinting or field sports or anything like that to sprint to, to, to practice sprints you know that's going to make you you know very very robust and use that movement but again with sprinting you're working at very high velocities if you're working at high velocities with a lack of strength then that's where you can get yourself that's where you can get yourself in a pickle I think it's the same with the uh, with the adductors, um, and I think the big thing last year was uh, the increasing amount of focus on um, obliques and on adductors. And I think still not everyone is is moving forward with that because when you're thinking oh, I'm training legs, like if you ask them what they're doing for adductors, again yes. it's like yeah. the adductor assisting in the squat. But it's probably not like any any time using these big muscle groups and the adductors, especially adductor magnus, is a powerful hip extensor, yeah. Yeah. and it's massively massively undertrained specifically in the yeah. gym and you see people doing like now the occasional Copenhagen's and stuff but I think you need to probably focus on your adductors as much as you would do your quads as on your hamstrings but it's just really huge muscle group like massive yeah and again you want to be training it in like a, a lengthened position a shortened position you want to be training it isometrically 
Um, so stuff like I, I think like any I, I've actually one of my favourite at the minute is uh, I like doing a, a split squat what with the uh, the band pulling the knee out mm. and then trying to use your ducts a little bit more to keep that knee pulled in line and since I've done that like I think it helps with also like your coordination of uh, knee extension as well yeah. um, good warm up drill as well fantastic warm up drill I'll give it for squats, quite a lot squats. of people for yeah for, for warm ups um, but if, you know you can use it as a warm up drill you can use it as a, a really heavily loaded exercise it's just a normal split squat we're just increasing that frontal plane stability and, and using the ductors a little bit more to hold that position rather than again, because a lot of people do a split squat and then it looks exactly like they was doing like a, a bilateral movement with the knee pushed out. And if you, you know, put your foot next to it, it looks like you're doing a squat. Yeah. But if you do it with abandoned folks, a bit more on your ductors, you can turn it into an exercise that's actually training different, different planes and different muscles compared to, to a normal back squat. Um, like if you're standing, if you do a split squat and your knees pushed out and then you look at how your squat looks, it's probably looks exactly the same. Mm. So trying to make it ever so slightly different. Um, and then also like, like we said about like lengthening, like just some kind of like lateral lunge or lateral like hinge movement where you're yeah. trying to lengthen through the adductor and then a Copenhagen plan. If you're hitting those big three, you've lengthened, you've shortened, um, cause we haven't got an adductor machine, but you can do any kind of shortening adductor exercise, like yeah. uh, banded, um, and then some isometric work and you've probably done enough adductor work there and you've hit the big three that you need to be getting. Yeah. Um, but the adductor needs to be a massive part of your program, like the hamstring does. Yeah. Because everyone thinks glutes and quads, like you've said. And 100%. In terms of like when we're in the bottom position of the squat, we know how much the, you know, the adductor you know, switches on and stabilizes yeah. everything in that, in that position, the knee, the hip. Um, you know, as well it's as huge massive improvement. In, uh, extension. In, in extension, crazy, yeah, yeah, exactly. So... Yeah, absolutely key muscle group, and um, again, to put you know, put a spin on it towards you know sport as well. You know, we're not just running up and down the track. You change know, it's, it's change direction, yeah. lateral movement. Um, you know, and that as well. Um, I remember reading a study, uh, study with uh, women, women's hockey, especially in like ACL injuries in women's hockey are absolutely astonishing. Like a ridiculous, ridiculously high uh, percentage of all injuries, are, like way higher than anything else, and it's you know, due largely because of lateral movement, deceleration, not having the adductor strength, you know, to, to like stabilize. MCL in, in yeah, MCL yeah. was big as well, yeah. Um, to to stay, you know, to stabilize the joint in that position, you know, and got the strength to, to do it in that lateral lateral plane. So, you know, like I say, getting your getting your, your your Cossack squats, your side, you know, your lateral lunges, lateral step ups, even as a beginning, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, beginner type type drill. Um, you know, I'll say beginner type drill if you load that up quite heavy, oh, so it's a tough yeah, drill. Yeah. Uh, Copenhagen's, but that, that's the key as well. With um, yeah, a doctor's a huge one, absolutely huge. And I think with um, all you know, with all of these muscle groups, like you say, it's like, are we lengthening it? Are we shortening it? Are we doing our isometrics? And if you can cover those, um, and let's say with the hamstring, is quite an unusual, you know, muscle group. Are we hitting it from the hip? Are we hitting it from the knee? I think those are probably the the key takeaway points. And it's the combination, like you said, of, of like load and, and velocity. When you load and velocity as well, you need important. high load. You need yeah. high velocity. You need yeah. you basically need to be strong through all the ranges of motion yeah. that you're going to be doing in the sport. Yeah. Uh, at you know, you need to be strong with load and without load. Um, yeah. And the both coincide with each other. Yeah, so, yeah, exactly, like, hamstring example again, like, so, yeah, if we're thinking of, you know, um, thinking about, you know, from from the hip, you know, we could be looking at good lengthening drills like the, you know, like the uh, Romania deadlift, for example, you know, there's some great shortening drills we could do as well, we've got to make sure we're working from the, from the knee with our Nordics, with our hamstring curls, so, like, your Nordics are be lengthening 
you know, the hamstring from the knee, um, you know, and your hamstring curls will be, you know, your lying hamstring curl, for example, will be shortening. Um, your isometrics might be like a hamstring bridge yeah. off, of, off of the Love bench. It, yeah. um, great exercise to do. And then, you know, you're kind of covering most of the bases then and you're ready to go and sprint, you know, things like that. Um, and then, uh, as I say, yeah, very similar with the adductor, your isometrics with the Copenhagen plank, you know, and um, eccentric lengthening with like a, a lateral hinge, or yeah, yeah, exactly. So that that's the kind of you know probably key things to. Uh, I also really like so what we're talking about shortening, like some kind of like goblet squat with like an adductor bias, with like a roller between the knees, something like that that's really forced you to squeeze through the adductors. Yeah, and there's a yeah. massive correlation between adductor squeeze strength mm -hmm. and adductor strains. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, the stronger yeah. you are at the squeeze, the less likelihood of, of an adductor yeah. strain. So it just shows the importance of. Of yeah. the strength through the adductors and the hamstrings. Yeah, a lot of clubs that are uh, clued up with their S and C will use like an isokinetic dynamometer, yeah. where you know they'll use that as a as a you know real test of strength as the yeah. as the adductor. Um, <clears throat> and uh, yeah, that's yeah, I've tried that before. It's bloody hard. <laughs> like, yeah. it's, it's tough, and also do it with the, the hamstring as well. Um, so yeah, key key things to to think about really. I think. I say, and then as you said, like going into uh, velocities. So, like, let's say, for example, like with the using the hamstring as an example, and that hip extension, you might have like a slow movement that is very heavy, such as a, a Romanian deadlift. You love Vinadia, um, yeah. it's, it's been mentioned a lot today. It's a key, key drill. No, yeah, um, and then you might have something that's higher velocity, such as a uh, kettlebell swing. Yeah, which is obviously a lighter, lighter implement, hinge pattern. Yeah. So same pattern, lighter weight, higher velocity. Um, you know, perhaps even a broad jump as well. So just working that whole strength speed continuum. So the heavy stuff, you know, with your barbell going into lighter implements that you can swing or throw, and then going into you know your plyometrics or ballistics as well. Um, again, you know, getting a little bit more kind of sport specific. You know, gonna yeah. gonna help you uh, a lot because. I say you need that, you know, you need that heavy strength base. The muscle needs to, you know, be able to absorb force, needs to be as strong as possible. And then with that base of strength, can we move, you know, moderate intensities at high velocities? Can we move things quickly and powerfully? You know, most field sports are explosive, they're fast. You know, yeah, we need the, we need the strength base as an absolute must, as a non-negotiable. And then from there, can we move lighter implements faster? You know, like, let's say like in that hinge pattern, you've got examples there of three drills that you can kind of work through, um, you know, from a strength into a into, you know, strength power into speed. So, Big time. Happy days. I think these the, these key things as well, they do lie with every 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 muscle group. Because like a leg, a leg press and a squat are probably achieving very similar things. And if you're looking yeah. to develop the quads fully, you probably want to add something that fully shortens them. So like a leg extension. Yeah. Um, you want to be training unilaterally with like your like split squats. You don't just want to be doing bilateral squat, bilateral leg leg, leg press, sorry, and then maybe like a goblet squat. You want to really be adding a bit more variation within there. Yeah, like sure. Maybe like a step up for your unilateral work, something shortening the leg extension is the best option. And then something bilateral could be, could be a front squat, a back squat, safety bar. But just again, a, a bit more variation within your quad training is probably yeah. a good idea as well. Yeah, 100%. Um, so yeah, I think you know we can round up there. Really, I think yeah. as um, you know, say if you if you're listening to this and you come in and you, you just have a leg session, maybe this will just give you a little bit more um, guidance in terms of you know maybe think about your leg session a little bit more, your lower bodies, 
you know, am I hitting a good distribution of hamstring to quad ratio? Am I doing work from the hip? Am I doing work from the knee? Am I working, you know, the heavy slow movements? Am I working the more explosive movements that are a bit lighter? Um, rather than what you see, I think, you know, a lot of field athletes, especially, it's just essentially bodybuilding, bodybuilding you know, yeah, it's just yeah. like, you know, which is fine. It's got a, got a place within that, but you know, you're kind of just doing three sets of 10 and it's all very same, te same tempo, you know, they're not loading the bar up and then they're not, you know, unloading and going faster as well. It's better than nothing, but it needs to be better, doesn't it? Like if you're trying to play yeah. a bit of good level or, or football, it needs to be better. If yeah. you're trying to maximize being a rugby player. Yeah. So. 100%. Excellent. Well, Thank you very much for uh, tuning in, guys. Um, hope you enjoyed that one. We'll be back next week with uh, another another podcast. Uh, in the meantime, if you're one of our members, uh, check out our release date for the Metcon Games, which we're very excited about. Um, so that's on our Inner Circle group on the uh, on the Facebook page. Um, absolutely buzzing for this one. It's going to be uh, Metcon Games is always a good uh, a good day out. So we're looking forward to that. Um, there's been lots of inquiries about um, more stash, more merchandise. We've made another order, so we're looking forward to more of that coming in before we then move into spring-summer range, which will be very Hot exciting. Pops. And uh, as always, guys, any questions, shoot us a message, and uh, we'll catch you next time. Thanks, guys. Cheers.